The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Welcome to another edition of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Once again, I am the namesake. Thank you for joining us this week. This is Season 4, Episode 19. If you haven't already done so, like us on Facebook at the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. A lot to get to this week because we are coming up on State Championship Weekend, Super 6 Weekend in West Virginia. Our Tara Malone joins to preview the title games in all three classes. Plus, we'll take a deeper look at this all-LKC Class A title game. First, how do we get here? We're not going to go in chronological order. We'll talk about the Ritchie County Rebels first because they earned their first ever trip to Wheeling Island with a 20-16 win over Wheeling Central. Ethan Hawk threw two touchdown passes. He completed seven of his nine passes for 164 yards in those two scores. Our Tara Malone was able to catch up with him after the game for his thoughts on taking down Wheeling Central and about the matchup with Williamstown that looms ahead. Wheeling Central's always been powerhouse single A football. They're the team to beat. They're always they're always there. They would have like 11 state titles or something like that. They're just the powerhouse and it's always a great great time to beat Willing Central. Your thoughts on heading to the state championship game, taking on LKC opponent Williamstown. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, we haven't played Williamstown in a while. I think the last time I played them was uh, middle school. So we all know each other. It's, I think it'll be a pretty good game, and I'm glad to be able to play in LKC school. You can't play Doddridge County. You play Williamstown. You're very familiar with your opponents in Williamstown. Um, what What's this game going to mean to you and your family, especially you and your dad next week? Uh, it'd, be, it'd be pretty special to, to win a state championship. It's special for anybody to win a state championship and just being able to do it with him and the, the team like this would just be pretty special. What was your dad's halftime uh, speech to you guys to get you guys fired up in the second half? Uh, we knew we were in it 0-0 coming at halftime. They were supposed to be the best team in the state. No one knew think we were going to beat them. We had them, gave them our best shot first half, and we just came out. And we always we always come out after the second half and play a good game. Uh, second half team, I guess, but... Uh, just being in there, seeing what works, uh, and then coming out here and not executing it. That's Richie County quarterback Ethan Hot. Gus Morrison had three catches for 68 yards, including a score. Our Tara Malone brings us audio of Gus Morrison talking about the trip to Wheeling Island, his touchdown catch, and what this will mean to him if the Rebels were able to take home the state championship. Our biggest goal at the beginning of this year was to do what we just did today, make it where we left off last year, and now we're doing that and we actually get to play this year. That was a play we just put in, I don't even think Monday, I think it was like Thursday maybe, and I caught the ball, looked up field, and there was nothing. So I cut back, and I saw their corner, I think. He slipped, and then it was wide open to the house. What does Coach Hobb mean to you? He is a great coach, in my opinion, uh, knowing what Richie County was football-wise before he came. And then I didn't even have a winning season for I don't know how long. And then his first year here was my freshman year here, and we made the playoffs and we didn't make it any further in the first round but he's a great coach. That's Ritchie County's Gus Morrison and a big thank you to Tara Malone for getting us that audio from the Ritchie County semifinal with Wheeling Central. Marlon Moore had three catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Garrett Cunningham also recorded the game-ending safety for Ritchie County to bring us to the final score of 20-16. to So the Rebels won and they knew they would be taking on Williamstown after Williamstown trounced Doddridge the previous day 43-0. The Yellow Jackets built a 40-0 lead at the half Max Melissa ran 23 times for 90 yards and four touchdown runs. He also caught a 21-yard touchdown pass from Cole Hessen for his fifth touchdown of the day. And that is the element that makes Williamstown dangerous. They used Cole Hessen as a receiver. They had him switch spots with Melissa. He threw a pass to Melissa. So having Melissa go out and catch a touchdown pass after running 23 times for four scores and quarterbacking, that makes this team 
became so much more dangerous that they're using him and finding ways to get him the ball in different areas. Ricky Allen had 15 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown. Isaac Joy added a 29-yard field goal. But again, they found a dangerous new weapon and a dangerous new toy by being able to throw the ball to Max Malessa. So again, a 40-0 lead at the half for Williamstown. A bit of a laugher there. The second half maybe did not have the tension that usually comes in a semifinal. The defense probably also gets a little bit overshadowed in a game like this. Williamstown had two takeaways in this contest, and they held Doddridge County to 102 total yards. So to face a team that you've already played once this year at their place and to do that to them, I think that is more of a testament to how good Williamstown has been versus how ill-prepared Doddridge County came to play. I didn't go to this game, didn't see this game. I was busy working, so I can't say whether Doddridge County was or was not well-prepared for this game. But I think the result reflects better on Williamstown than it reflects poorly on Doddridge County. Elsewhere in the state, Huntington and Martinsburg will square off in the Class AAA title game. It was Huntington defeating Cabell Midland 37-15 and Martinsburg with a 21-0 win over Bridgeport. The Bulldogs are a little bit hampered. They lost Murphy Clement, very talented player, after the Spring Valley game. They played Spring Valley in the quarterfinals. Clement left in the first quarter of that game with a foot injury, was taped up, and then returned to play the final three quarters, only to find out the following week that he suffered a Liz Frank injury in one of his feet. Can't remember which one it was. So he did not play in the semifinal game. He's done for the season. That's a serious injury. If you're not familiar with what a Liz Frank injury is, Google that. It's basically a lateral break across your foot where one side moves one way, the other side moves the other way. It is as painful as you probably would imagine it would be. I've never had one myself, but I know people who have say it's not the most pleasant thing. So he played three quarters of the Spring Valley game on a Liz Frank fracture, and it was adrenaline, according to the report that I got. I talked to Martinsburg radio guy Matt Miller this week, and he said he played three quarters on it, and then as soon as the game ended, the adrenaline wore off, and it really started to hurt. He got an x-ray on it soon after, and you come to find out it's fractured. So it's Martinsburg without Murphy Clement, one of their best players. Though they have plenty of weapons, they'll be facing Huntington, and then Independence and Fairmont Senior in Class AA. So you have one double-digit seed in Fairmont Senior, the 16 knocking off Polka, 41-6, to and then you have Independence with a win over Bluefield, 34-20. to So Bluefield, a 14, denied a chance to play for the state title, while Fairmont Senior, the 16, has won three games as a double-digit seed in the playoffs to go to the Super 6. So it's Independence and Fairmont Senior in Class AA, Friday at 7.30. It's Huntington and Martinsburg, Saturday at noon. And then at 7 p.m. Saturday, it is Williamstown and Ritchie County in the LKC Class A Final. Three fantastic matchups from Wheeling Island Stadium this weekend. Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Before we take a deeper look between the hash marks of this all-LKC Class A title game, I want to make a quick note about field conditions because there were a lot of people making comments about the field conditions in Ellenboro. They weren't ideal for the Class A semifinal between Ritchie County and Wheeling Central, but it really seemed to me like that was Wheeling Central making a bigger deal and maybe making that into more of a distraction than they needed to make it or than it needed to be. For years, it seemed like when Wheeling Central ruled the roost in Class A, the argument against the Catholic school mentality, the whole idea of, you know, well, they can go out and recruit and they can do some things that public schools can't. When people would complain about that, the counter-argument was always, well, then just go get better. 
And so people did. And so people started being able to play with Wheeling Central. And Wheeling Central's schedule diminished, and it made it tougher for them to schedule and find opponents. So now Wheeling Central has a tough time playing 10 Class A games in West Virginia. They have to go near and far, and they play some tough teams. And last week, there was a lot made in the media to multiple outlets from Wheeling Central head coach Mike Young about the field conditions. And as I see it, this is another argument in that line of arguments. Almost turnabout is fair play. If they want to complain about the field conditions, if Wheeling Central wants to complain about the field conditions, then go win nine or ten games. Simple as that. Go get the higher seed and value being the number one seed. And whatever you got to do to do it, whether it's playing tough teams or raising your team's ability and skill level to where you can go beat tough teams, then do that. It just seems to me that when someone has a grievance with you, if your response is pretty laissez-faire, when you have a grievance, don't expect others to be all that put out by your grievance at that point. You know, not that you were expecting Wheeling Central to find ways to even the competitive balance, but they weren't exactly volunteering to step up in class or anything like that, nor should they have been. But they managed to make a dynasty at Wheeling Central, and other teams, it took them a while to catch up. They had a period where they ruled the roost because no one else had caught up. Now people have caught up, and now people are finding other ways to get competitive advantages against Wheeling Central. So now this is what you're going to get in return. I don't think anyone really felt sorry for Wheeling Central in complaining about field conditions and then going out and being unable to overcome those conditions. So like I said, whereas the public schools for a long time heard will go out and get better, my response to Wheeling Central or anybody else that has issues with the field conditions is, we'll go out and win more games. Simple. Not easy, but it's a simple solution. You'll go out and be better than other teams, and if you're not, then accept the seed that you have and accept the field conditions are not going to be yours to change, and you got to do what you got to do because the field wasn't any less muddy for Ritchie County. The field wasn't any less sloppy for Ritchie County. They just managed it a whole lot better than Wheeling Central did. Looking at this Class A title game, Williamstown and Ritchie County doing battle for the first time this season. These two LKC schools separated by only about 30 miles don't play in the regular season anymore. So this matchup on Wheeling Island will be the first time these two teams have seen each other this season. Earlier this week, I sat down with both head coaches. First, Williamstown head coach Chris Beck talks about the Yellow Jackets' dominant win against Doddridge County and what it'll take to get past the speed of Gus Morrison and the Ritchie County Rebels. Coach, was this team confident or more confident maybe coming into this game than the last time you played Doddridge County? I think they were probably more confident. I think they, were, they embraced the challenge and the opportunity last time because we knew going into that game we will probably with a little bit of a short deck as far as players go. but um, So I think it gave them confidence having as healthy as we're going to be at this point of the year. I, mean, I don't know. I think our guys are so – they're not dumb. I just think they're young and they don't know any better. They just go out and they play, play as hard as they can. And uh, from a coaching perspective, I've known we've made huge leaps all year. And even since that game a month ago against Dodgers, we've made tremendous progress. And that's why we've gotten in the position we are. These guys every week have gotten substantially better. And that's from week one to clear to week 14 now, or 15 where we're in. So I think they were confident that they knew if we played well, that we had a chance. You had Max in one of the matchups. You didn't have him in the first matchup. But one of them was a very close game. One of them was not a close game. Is the difference as simple as that, or was it other stuff? It's one of the contributing factors. You could look at a lot of things. One, I don't think Dodgers played well early. Two, the wind. Three, Max. Four, how much better the guys around Max have got. But some of it's Max. Max lets you have your traditional quarterback slide Colt back to receiver. Defensively, that frees us up in the secondary. So last time we had to move some guys around and they kind of exploited us on the back end with their passing game. Now we have our normal linebacker back in there. We're able to put some guys back where they should be. It got some better matchups for us. So I think it's just one of several things that went in there. And I'm sure Coach Burnside would tell you that they probably didn't execute at a high level or like they wanted to. But 
our kids were ready to play. When we had breakfast that morning, very quiet. And I remember telling my wife, either we're flat and we're not ready or we're extremely focused. Cause I've seen that work both ways and it turned out to be a ladder. Our guys were not joking around and stuff cause they were ready to get going. And uh, I think it showed. Let's talk about that defense first. That's the unit that created two takeaways. You really held Doddridge to, was it less than 200, less than 150 total yards? We had Doddridge like 90-some yards. So defense is what did it. I mean, we scored in every possession in the first half, but I think our first four scores in those drives were probably over 45 yards. I think Max and Ricky had 90-some yards each. Went crazy numbers offensively. We just dealt with a short field the whole first half, it seemed like. Uh, defensively, we've gotten better. Coach Adam Staff put a great game plan in this past week and I thought our kids played really really hard and controlled the line of scrimmage and we're seeing a lot of growth from a lot of different guys making plays and that continued Friday. And then on offense the creativity to use Melissa as a receiver and to have Colt come back and play quarterback just to use those guys interchangeably I guess is that a way maybe you found a way to make lemonade out of the lemons that were Max Melissa's injury? You had an experienced Colt back there and uh, you found another way out of that to use an athlete in a different way I guess what I'm trying to say. Over the last few weeks We've tried to find different ways. We've had we've used three different quarterbacks depending on the sets. Max has played running back, receiver, quarterback. I mean, Max is our quarterback, and but it's nice to have that change up if it helps you create matchups that uh, are beneficial to us. And when getting ready for last week's game, we felt like in a certain look, if we did a certain shift, we might get a matchup that was good for us, and it worked out. It's these guys, these players making plays. Hopefully, it's something else that you know teams got to account for a little bit and trying to match up with us a little bit and how we shift in motion and just trying to create numbers of advantages or matchup advantages. I think that's something we look at every week and we try to do a good job with. But I'll be honest, you know, folks say, oh, what a great game plan, what a great play over the last few weeks. But typically, you know, when you draw something up and Ricky Howard or Max Molesta get the ball, it makes you look like a good coach and uh, probably has very, very, very little to do with me. It's more to do with those guys getting in good situations and taking advantage. How you don't play Ritchie County, but you're very close to them geographically, and your kids know theirs, their kids know yours. Does that give you an edge, or does that impact this in any way, the fact that they know who you are and you know who they are, and you're all well aware of each other? I think it adds another layer to the matchup. I think it's great. It's great for the LKC. It's great for the communities, because to your point, you know, if I play Central, I don't get a lot of text from people in Wheeling playing Ritchie, and I got a few friends in Ritchie. My in-laws are in Ritchie. I got a few texts from Ritchie County folks giving you a hard time. I think it's great for the communities. When we played on a regular basis, it was great. I would like for this matchup not to have to take place in Wheeling. It'd be pretty cool. Two of the best teams in the state were able to hook up in regular season since they're in the same conference of 30 miles apart. And hopefully in the future, something like that can be worked out. I think it's awesome. It's just like not quite the same as when we played St. Mary's, but still that same type of feel. you got a conference foe that's close by, so you definitely have those unique relationships across the communities that I think got a lot of intrigue. If you look, my wife's from Ritchie. My in-laws live in Ritchie. Coach Hot was from Williamstown, right, I think. Graduated from Williamstown, at least. So there's a lot of that in this, which I think just adds to it. I think it's pretty cool. Not to mention you got two football-hungry fan bases. Yeah, I think what Coach Hot's done with that program is amazing. It's a great community that rallies behind their sports teams. Certainly, you know how I feel about our community, how much support we get. I'm excited for Saturday night. I think it's going to be a packed house. I think it could be another one of those things that people are there for the AAA game, and it's going to be exciting. Then you think, oh, single is coming. It's going to clear out, and maybe the excitement's going to drop. I think the opposite may happen. I think there's going to be a lot of people there, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. The last one out of Williamstown, Pennsboro, Harrisville, Ellenboro. last one out turned out the lights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's the way it works. I think it's 
pretty cool. I, I, you know, no matter how many times we've been, it's always a unique, special experience. Haven't been around when Williamstown was kind of first getting our program going and accomplishing a lot of firsts. I certainly feel good for the Ritchie County community being able to experience this. I think it's uh, awesome for your community to have something they can take a lot of pride in. Looking at that football team themselves, everyone knows what Ethan Hawk can do at quarterback. Everyone knows what Gus Morrison can do wherever Richie County decides to put him. What other threats do they have that most concern you? They're very explosive offensively uh, and defensively very physical and fight of football. Gus is, I mean, I said last year I thought Gus was the best player I saw on film one person. He's an all-state player without a doubt and I haven't changed. Gus is, you got to know where two's at. you got to try to limit his big plays. Ethan, of course, makes his plays. But um, by looking, I am sorry, I'm not good with names, but six is a player, 13's a player. Uh, the little running back they've put in since one went down, 11, he can hurt you too. But 13 can get over top of you and play action. Six is a big receiver, big target that can make things happen. And then uh, the running game, they're pretty balanced. So the 11 kid used to be one. They can hurt you inside as well. So offensively, if you look through, I mean, their scores speak for themselves. I don't know. It's the lowest they scored 20-something points. I mean, these guys put up video game numbers on offense. We're just going to try to have to contain that if we can. What do you think they will first try to take away from you? How do you think they'll try to limit Max and Ricky? Try to load the box, right? I mean, that's what you got to do. Uh, they're going to load the box, blitz people, five bounce between their four, four, five, three, some. They run, shoot some gaps. I think they got some guys that are very, very capable. They, they're very physical on defense, very aggressive, fly to the football. So that's what they'll try to take away from us, which is no different. I mean, any team that plays us, that's, you know, option number one to take away, I'm sure. It's going to be important for our guys to try to uh, get ready for that, control the line scrimmage, and take our shots. You know, and we took a couple shots last week and they paid off. And we, hopefully the same thing happens this week. When we do throw and we take our shots, we hit them for big plays. Has it really sunk in yet that you're going to coach in a state championship game and be the head coach in a state championship game? It, it's cool. I mean, it's a cool experience for me, but I'm just so happy for our community. I'm so happy for my staff. A lot of those guys haven't coached the championship before. Most excited for our players. Um, that's what this is about. It's providing these guys an experience that uh, hopefully they don't forget. Hopefully they take a lot of relationships, long-lasting relationships from it, and hopefully they play well and have a memory they can talk about for a long time. For me, I haven't given it much thought. I've been, I'm just trying to think about how to get these guys ready to play and how uh, to put them in the best position to win. And, um, and I think Saturday night, that's what drives me is playing for the opportunity to win and seeing these young guys' faces when you do win. I think that's what it's about. Most interesting person that's reached out to you this week? I don't know. I mean, I really, I don't know if anybody's interesting how a lot of former players reach out and tell you what, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, Coach Smith, I've talked to him. Coach Fred Sorrow, Scott Sorrow, Levi Maxwell, our baseball coach, Lane Nash, who's over my Kingdom coach, and uh, Brian Haynes, the coach at Appalachia State now, reached out and told us congratulations. He's excited for us. We're one big family, so they've all reached out and um, we just have tremendous support. That's Williamstown head coach Chris Beck. On the other side of things, Ritchie County head coach Rick Haught talks about what it meant to go get the win against Wheeling Central last week, what led to that, and how his team is preparing to face the Williamstown Yellow Jackets this week. You wanted Wheeling Central on your home field, you got Wheeling Central on your home field, and you're able to come away with a win. What did that feel like to do this in this community? I tell you, as the game wore on, 
I was more, I became more and more proud and excited of the team, the way they were handling themselves and they, the way they were playing. And you just kind of throughout the game, you could feel the momentum building. We felt good going into halftime, nothing, nothing. I mean, I'm to the point now, in my younger years, I wouldn't have done this. But now I'm kind of leaving it up to a few seniors, decide whether or not we kick off or we, you know, what that decision is made. And I'm more of a defer guy. They said this week they wanted the ball. And I said, well, okay, well, if we get the opportunity, we'll take the ball. So we got the ball. And I think that ultimately turns out really well because we had talked all week about the need to just make sure we keep moving the chains. And so we impressed upon them how every yard, every foot counted. And we were able to run, I think, eight minutes or so off of the first quarter. And I think that helped us settle in. We got it down and we got in the red zone. We missed an opportunity. And so I regret that. But I still think it kind of gave us time to get our footing and kind of fill out our opponent and kind of the game went from there. If I'm not mistaken, you converted a couple fourth downs on that first drive of the game. The fact that you were A, willing to do that and B, successful in doing that, did that maybe set a tone for your players in terms of how aggressive you're willing to be and what it would take to beat an opponent like that? That may very well be to them. I just know from my part calling the game that I didn't want to give them any more opportunities than I could and so I knew we had to take some chances. Also though, had to kind of trust our defense a little bit that if we didn't get it, that they were going to be able to get a stop and and they came up for us more than once because I'm watching the film that night and I went for it some point in the first half. I don't remember when because some of that's a blur to me. I went for it on my my own 35 or 40 yard line. I think it was close to halftime. And I watched that in my living room. I thought, what kind of a guy does that? <laughs> and so if I'm sitting in the stands, I think, oh no, you can't do this. You got to punt it away. But I did it. We didn't make it. And the defense got us to stop to get us to the halftime with no score. Something that maybe you don't do early in the season, but you do it now. Is that maybe a sign of how well your defense is playing and how much trust you have in that group? The group has really, really made great strides since about game six or so. But you know, you know your opponent too, and you kind of know what they're able to do with the field conditions. I know our passing game is limited, and so you know, you think. Willing Central's passing game's limited somewhat, too. So we were doing a pretty good job against the run. And so, you know, all that comes into play. But but they're playing very well. And, and I know Coach McCullough, since Austin could not play, that Colton DePena was moved from defensive tackle to defensive end, hasn't played the position hardly all year, just a little bit. He did a, a well of a job of stopping what Central wanted to do. So he may have been our most valuable defensive player just because he was playing in a role that he's not typically in. On top of that, you sealed the game with the defensive play, getting the safety in the final quarter. We uh, Gus punted one time to one of their back people, and he returned it back up to about where the line of scrimmage was. And so we decided we wouldn't kick to him anymore. And so he started kicking them kind of in a different area. And But that last one, he kicked it right at the guy again. And Ethan said that when he kicked it, he, he may have made a comment like, oh, no, I've screwed up. It gets by the Willing Central kid, and so we've got him inside the two anyhow. And they're out of timeouts. I didn't look at that as sealing the win because what scared me to death was they had just gone down and scored in very little amount of time. If we tackle them at the one that time, the clock runs out, they were out of timeouts. And there was another down. They don't get another playoff. <laughs> but the fact that we got the safety stops the clock, and now we have to recover an onside kick. Right. That was a game. You're not 100% sure that you're going to win it until we secured the onside kick because we watched two years ago Willing Center beat Tulsa on a last-second Hail Mary. And so that's just how dangerous they are. 
strategically, it probably would have been a little bit easier for you, at least, if the if the clock had been able to run out instead of having to give them a puncher's chance. Yeah, I, I know everybody talks about the safety being a great thing. and put us up four, which, you know, they couldn't kick a field goal to beat us. But right. at that point, they was either going to hit a big play and score a touchdown so we could still be beat. So I was much more looking for just the game to end there. What are you thinking of the Yellow Jackets as you scout Williamstown this week? They are really on a roll. I think since midseason, you know, they've gone through some injuries. And to their credit, they've played through that and had some different kids step up. But, you know, the running attack is really impressive. They got two very capable backs. I call them backs because I think they run a lot of wildcat-type offense. And they scheme very well, and they're solid up front. And and so they do a good job with that. And so Coach McCall is spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to do that, how to take some of those things away from us. And and defensively, I've been impressed with how they fly to the ball. Mm -hmm. They they got really good team speed, and they always seem to have a lot of people around the ball. And so I know that they want to put a lot of pressure on you from the defensive side. And so we're trying to prepare for that. How much harder did Coach McCullough's job get after watching Max Molesa catch a touchdown pass? I think we have to be aware of when he steps out from behind the center. And so I think we got some things where we think that we can handle that. But, but yeah, he is a talent. And so wherever, you know, I guess if you compare him to someone like on our team, you would compare him to Gus because we try to put Gus in different situations to give him the ability to use what he has. And so I think to a certain extent that's what Williamstown schemed for their group. I think like your defense, their defense is probably an underrated group. They shut out Doddridge County, and you saw what that offense could do this year. What kinds of things and how creative are you going to have to be to get offense going against those guys? I tell you, I think the good thing is uh, the fact that our offense has been limited for three weeks, and, and it just is what it is. You do what you can do on your playing conditions, and so the running attack for us the last three weeks has been a much larger role. Hopefully, weather permitting, you know, we're on turf, and so some things that we started doing during the season and I, th- I think we got to bring back out and look what we can do and spread the field a little bit and, and maybe try to take some advantages of what we think our offense will do. And so and I think the kids are excited to, to get back to doing some of the things that, that we were doing earlier in the season. Is it a disadvantage you weren't able to do some of those things in the last few weeks? Or is this just a case of maybe knock a little bit of dust off and not so much rust? I guess it is a disadvantage, but the way I look at it, the field conditions is a disadvantage for both teams. And so we kind of started back in August, September, trying to think since we you know we thought we had a very good team trying to think you know spread teams sometimes struggle late in the season and so we tried to kind of be able to do some of that stuff but also to be aware that you know you get in November certain field conditions you better be able to run the ball and so I, I think we prepared for both of those things and so it will be no different Saturday we'll line up and depending on how things will go we'll just kind of go from there determine what we think we can do against Williamstown. What has this ride been like in this community? Have you had any chance to really get a feel for just how much this means to the people of Ritchie County? Yeah, you know, I think early in the season, people were excited. And then the Dodgers games proved to be a huge game for us in this community. And we went up there and, and Doddridge just, they played a little bit better than us. And then I think, you know, as soon as that first loss happens, I don't necessarily mean in the community, but I think statewide people said, ah, Richie got beat. And so we were able then to kind of fly under the radar. I think you get a sense here in the community also that with every win following that and then into the playoffs, you just feel people saying, hey, listen, they're pretty good to watch. You better get a chance to watch them. It's kind of, I'm starting to hear stories What's different anymore, usually you'd start seeing packed crowds. Now, whether it's because of COVID and people are afraid to come out regardless, but NFHS has changed the game because you hear people saying, boy, watch the game. Well, I tell you, that camera does a great job. And so we're losing some people that are there that day that kind of really makes that atmosphere. But you get a feel that there's more and more people at least logging in and starting to to watch us. So 
we're starting to see a, a sense of excitement, I think, here in the county. Will the last one out of the county be kind enough to turn the lights off on Saturday? Well, I hope so. I got a call from a guy last night. He says he won't be there, but he'll be in front of his TV come Saturday night. And yeah. So everybody at least be, ha- be at home, maybe watching the game. What's it going to take for you guys to get past Williamstown? What do you have to take away from them? I think we have to keep Maxwell Melissa in check and really like the tailback, too. And so that's the one-two punch. Not that they don't have other playmakers. They do. But I think that's what they hang their hat on. And so, you know, we have to do a good job there. And, and we probably, our offense is going to have to be efficient. We're going to have to be able to find ways to attack their defense and get down the hill. But it's, I, think it's, I don't think it's any different than any game that we have. It's just each playoff game for us, anyhow, we've had to use different means to score points and so the same way with it this week I think yeah good versus good going up against one another what kind of wins out in those battles I really liked our kids resolve against Willing Central uh, Central came out took the opening kick off and went right down the field and scored and it, and it was pretty easy and so uh, that was a test for our kids and I like the way our kids responded and so you know it's a big game and, and I think you know teams don't get here unless they have really good kids and so we really like our kids and we got a great group of seniors and and um, I wouldn't want to go to Willing Island with any other group. So we're going to take our kids and just see what happens. As a father, what's it mean to do this with your son? For the longest time, you know, you got to be careful because there's a fine line coaching your own son and because, you know, you got a lot of sons on the team. Right, right. For the most part, I've tried to not coach him any more or any less than I would any other kid. But it is kind of special to be able to go home and talk about things. And it's been a, a good relationship for me. Hopefully he doesn't get tired of it because as it works out in our family, I see him for three different sports. And so hopefully he doesn't get too tired of me. But I know for my aspect of it, I'm really enjoying it. That's what you can head coach Rick Hunt. I want to thank both of those coaches not only for making some time for me to talk for this podcast and for Countdown to Kickoff on Light Rock 93R, but both of those coaches made multiple players available to me as well. I really appreciated the time that they gave me in such a busy week for them as they get ready to deal with a state championship game and plus deal with all the other ancillary things that come around that. Our Metro News correspondent Tara Malone wasn't able to be with us last week, but he's back this week. He talks about the state title games in all three classes, finishing up with that Class A struggle between Rick County of Williamstown. Taryn? Hey Eric, the time is finally here as we head into the Super 6 weekend. This year we have an opportunity to see some new teams on the island as first timers in the Independence and Ritchie County. However, we'll begin in Class AA as the number 16 seed Fairmont Senior Polar Bears take on the number 2 seed Independence Patriots. A lot of people were shocked to see the number 2 seed pull away late in the Bluefield game last week in the semifinals. The Patriots trailing at halftime 20 to 7 The second half spoke for itself as Independence would drop 27 consecutive points to leave Bluefield scoreless in the second half as the Independence Patriots punched their ticket to the island for the first time in program history. The Patriots are led by senior running back Atticus Goodson, who has accounted for over 5,000 total rushing yards in just three seasons. Moving onward to the number 16 seed Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, coming to the island is nothing new. However, the journey to Wheeling has been remarkable as the Polar Bears knocked off number one Herbert Hoover in the opening round by a safety 30-28, to then a kickoff return turn for a touchdown over rival Robert C. Bird, and then also showing full dominance in the semifinals against number five, Polka. Keep an eye on quarterback Dom Stingo, as he will be the true man on the move for the Polar Bears this Friday night. We step ahead to Class AAA on Saturday. We have a two-versus-one matchup as the 12-1 and one Martin 
Martinsburg Bulldogs take on the unbeaten 13-0 Huntington Highlanders. This is a rematch at a 2013 title game where the Bulldogs won that contest 9-7 on the island. Meanwhile, Huntington High is seeking their first ever football title along with head coach Billy Seals. Standing in the way is perennial power Martinsburg, who is looking for their ninth state championship. Expect a bunch of points scored on Saturday afternoon at Wheeling Island Stadium. And finally, in what I expect to be the best matchup of the three of the Super 6 weekend, the Class Single A State Championship game featuring number 6 Williamstown, the Yellow Jackets take on number 4 Ritchie County. Ritchie County's only loss this season comes from Doddridge County in double overtime a few months ago. Meanwhile, Williamstown's losses come from out-of-state opponents in Ohio. Eric, these teams are very familiar with one another and they play similar as well. Expect an absolute dogfight for the single-A title Saturday night. The last time there was an all-out LKC title game was back in 2014 as the Williamstown Yellow Jackets won in triple overtime against rival St. Mary's 33-32. to I think we could see something similar this weekend. You can follow myself and the rest of the Metro News crew this weekend as we will be providing full exclusive coverage online at wvmetronews.com. We'll see everybody on the island. In Morgantown, I'm Taryn Malone for Metro News. Eric, back to you. Thank you, Taryn. And you don't have to remind people in the mid-Ohio Valley about that 2014 title game between St. Mary's and Williamstown. No matter what side of that you manage to fall on, everybody has an opinion and everybody remembers that classic matchup on Wheeling Island Stadium. What do I think about these games? Well, I'm not going to make a pick in the Class A title game. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think Williamstown and Richie County both have a tremendous amount of speed, skill players. It should be a struggle between two teams, uh, and neither one really has the experience edge, even though Williamstown is a perennial state title favorite. The last year of COVID-19 shutdowns really even the playing field a lot as far as that goes. So Williamstown head coach Chris Beck coaching in his first state title game, as is Rick Hott of Richie County, and a lot of the players are playing in the state title game for the first time ever. So I think it's advantage push there. This should be a very tight game, and I don't think it'll be decided until the second half. No matter what the score is at half, I don't see this being a game at halftime to where one team has a lead of more than two scores. I think if anything else, there'll be some separation in the third and early fourth quarter. I don't know if it'll go down to the wire, but I think it'll go down at least late in the second half before this one's decided. In Class AAA, Huntington and Martinsburg. I haven't seen Huntington. I have seen Martinsburg. They're a very good team, but I think I said this earlier in the program today. They're without Murphy Clement, a wide receiver who suffered a Liz Frank fracture in his foot against Spring Valley in the quarterfinal game. They still have plenty of weapons. I think Martinsburg is going to get past Huntington in a game that might be closer than you would imagine it to be if you were watching this Martinsburg team maybe a month ago, a month and a half ago. Huntington is a good team, but I think Martinsburg is continuing to roll and, and continuing to get things done. And they have things to prove, too. This will be the first state title game they've played in without Dave Walker in recent years. He was the head coach there for a long time, then went to take the job at Concord, doing the same thing to prove he could do it at the college level. So without Dave Walker, we'll see if uh, they manage to get things done in this uh, state title game against Huntington. I think they will. And then Independence and Fairmont Senior, after number one seed Herbert Hoover was bounced by Fairmont Senior in the opening round, uh, you had two double-digit seeds with Bluefield and Fairmont Senior in the semifinals. Indy bounced Bluefield, and I don't think they're going to get past Fairmont Senior. I've been rolling with the Polar Bears all postseason long, and I think Nick Bardick and his crew will get it done this week. Fairmont Senior to defend the state title as a 16 seed in Class AA. That will be my pick for 
what happens this weekend. Our coverage on Seven Rangers Radio, of course, will have all three state title games on Light Rock 93R, as we always do. The Class AA title game on Friday night, noon on Saturday for the Class AAA title game, and then our coverage of the Class A title game begins at 5 p.m. with a special edition of Countdown to Kickoff. Again, we'll talk to both head coaches, Rick Hot and Chris Beck. We'll talk to multiple players. I believe for Ritchie County, I talked to Ethan Hot, Gus Morrison, Garrett Cunningham, and Marlon Moore. For Williamstown, I talked to Aiden Corbett, Colton Melrose, Colt Hessen, and Ricky Allen. So again, a thank you to both head coaches for making those players available to me. That was a, a really cool thing to do, and it's going to make a really cool countdown to kickoff. You can hear that at 5 on LightRock 93R and LightRock93R.com. If you know somebody making the trip, download the TuneIn app on your phone or your mobile device, sync it up to the Bluetooth, and then let us take you there. Or listen on your phones uh, as you're sitting in the stands. It's 5 o'clock, and we will take you right up to Metro News coverage of the game at 645, and the kickoff a little bit after 7. It is not on live television. Uh, AT&T Sportsnet has the Class AA game live on Friday and the AAA game live noon on Saturday, but there's a Penguins game on Saturday night, so the game will air on tape delay later on, but you can find a live stream, a video stream on MetroNews.com, on, on the Metro News website, and of course, the radio broadcast will be carried on Light Rock 93R, and of course, our pregame coverage countdown to kickoff starts at 5 with the coaches, all those players. John Mike Nichols joins us as well, so it'll be a full hour and 45 minutes as we take you up to the Metro News coverage of the Class A State title game. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Download us on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. And a reminder that uh, we're nearing the end of our season. Sometimes the week after the Super 6 is the final week that I do the show. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I think I need one more show after next week. Next week is going to be completely uh, Super 6 rundown and uh, reactions and and hopefully some sound, at least from the Class A game. I hope to get up there to cover that. And uh, hopefully I get my credential approved. I haven't heard anything about that yet, but I'm looking to do that and be up there for that and get sound from both sides of things on um, Saturday and we'll have that for you next week and then Taryn and I will put a bow on the season the week after that. I know they don't do the awards a lot of times until closer to Christmas so we'll we'll not be on that long. I'm going to have to uh, yield my time here to some other projects but uh, I certainly do appreciate you listening and uh, we'll wrap this thing up here in the next couple weeks for the 2021 season. Special thank you to Taryn Malone as always. Head coaches Chris Beck and Rick Hot. Thank you for listening. Again if you haven't already done so find us on Facebook at the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud or where you can find new episodes every Wednesday. Until next week, thank you for listening. My name is Eric Little. Enjoy the rest of your week and the rest of your weekend and enjoy the Super 6. These should be fun games. These are the ones we've been waiting for for two years now. Thank you for listening and have a good week, everybody. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Come back next week for another new episode and thanks for listening.